Tales Collective, welcome to Voices from the Collective, a podcast coming to you from the mouth of the East Coast in upstate New York. I'm your host, Ellie Pell. I'm really excited to bring this episode to you today with Michelle Merlis. You'll be hearing that name a lot going forward on the Beast Coast if you were in the dark about this tough mountain runner before. Michelle took first place at the Breakneck Point Marathons last weekend and punched her ticket to Thailand to represent the U.S. on the 40K national team. If you know Michelle and her athletic determination and ability, you knew it was only a matter of time for her to make the national stage. This episode is packed with wisdom and experience from Michelle. She really proves that, some, that with some grit and belief, you really can accomplish your goals. This episode is brought to you in part by my new nutrition sponsor, Gnarly Nutrition. How's your training going, folks? If you're like me, you are putting in the miles and your body is starting to tell you. I'm really leaning on solid nutrition to help repair my muscles, tendons, and bones after running. Coming off a gorge a month ago, my feet were really something I needed to pay attention to this season. One thing I make sure to do uh, post-run is get in a solid breakfast. I'm a huge fan of oatmeal, and as the weather heats up, I make overnight oats. Uh, I can pack so much nutrition into that bowl, I simply don't know how to, another way to get in all I need. I love to add a scoop of gnarly collagen in my post-run bowl, and here's why you should too. Collagen is the most abundant structural protein in the body and makes tendons, ligaments, and joints healthier, stronger, and more resilient against all the pounding that we're doing every day. I also make sure to mix up a mid-afternoon protein shake using the vegan vanilla protein and greens powder for that extra punch of nutrition. I want you all to try it too, so use the code TRAILSCOLLECTIVE, that's one word, for 10% off. Click the link in the show notes. All right, so I am still reeling from the conversation that I had with Michelle last night, and so I really just don't have anything more to say because she and I had a great conversation, and so let's just get right into this episode with Michelle Merlis. Breakneck Marathon in a course record time. So congratulations on your, um, on your win. But I have to be honest, like when you read sort of your ultra sign up and your racing pedigree and some more things about you, it's kind of only, it was only a matter of time before you made a U.S. mountain running team. And so how does it feel? Like what's going through your head right now? <laughs> right now going through my head, um, a few things based on what you just said. Um, I think I described my ultra sign up as a dumpster fire to Max King after the race, <laughs> which, so I'm flattered that you think it was inevitable. I have some pretty, uh, iffy races in there, but that's okay. Don't I, we all? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It captures everything. Yeah. Um, it keeps us humble. <laughs> uh, I am honestly just super excited. Um, yeah, like what you said, you feel like it was inevitable. I feel like it was impossible. Um, but of course a goal that I had, um, many years ago and, you know, thought I would just work towards it and hopefully one day achieve it. And even if I didn't, that would still be fine. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of 
um, just elated is probably the best word to describe how it feels to, to make a U.S. team um, and, yeah, accomplish a lifelong goal. Yeah, so, <laughs> like, where did this goal come from? I mean, I just, like, for me, like, I have never, I guess I haven't thought about it, like, I, I mean, and so I just, I didn't know it was a goal, you know, like, so talk, let's go back to that time. Like, when did you discover like this, the mountain running us mountain running? And when did you make, like, what inspired this goal for you? Yeah. So I think it was really like 2018 where I started to think about getting a bit more serious with running and trail running in particular. Um, I started running when I was in graduate school in 2011. I mean, I ran two years in high school and I ran for other sports. I can mostly play basketball. Um, so I always loved running, but uh, it was really in 2018 after I'd done a couple of trail races and um, I was like, you know what? I think that I could maybe be better at this if I had some solid training and structure. Uh, so I reached out to two people, um, Elizabeth AZ with Mountain Peak Fitness for strength training. And I started working with her and David Roach for run coaching. And that kind of kicked off me thinking about bigger running goals as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to run whatever race sounds like fun, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is pretty much what I had been doing. Um, just I kind of got stuck, I think a little bit in the, the trap. I, maybe it's not a trap, but I did one trail race and then I thought, oh, I'll just do a longer trail race. And then I did another trail race and thought, oh, I'll do a longer one. <laughs> and so I was kind of on this path of like, I don't know, I think my first real trail race was like 12 miles long. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to run hundred miles. <laughs> so I uh, took a little step back from that, I guess, um, which maybe explains some of the gaps in my trail running um, resume. And I started to focus a little bit more on like building speed and strength and kind of laying the fundamentals for the things that would set me up for success in the future. Uh, and it was probably both David and Elizabeth who asked me like, what are your goals? And I was like, shoot, what are my goals? <laughs> um, and I was familiar with USATF and that structure. And um, I had done the New England mountain running circuit. So I was kind of aware of the existence of like making a US trail running team um, in the different formats that existed. And just kind of thought, well, that would be really awesome to do that one day. Um, and I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say some of my other running goals because <laughs> they won't happen, but <laughs> I set a bunch of other really big ones, um, like the 10 year plan, uh, right back in 2018. So that was really kind of the, the start of it. Well, I want to go back to 2018, but for a second, I want to talk about goals because I, um, <clears throat> do you ever struggle with setting such long-term goals? Like, or like, yeah, like years in advance, like, do you, do you have confidence that your body is going to like, want to do those things then? Um, you know, it's one of the things I struggle with because I don't necessarily, uh, 
I, I guess I haven't ever made like a five year or a 10 year plan because I know that like my body just likes to do what it wants to do. And so, I mean, like, for example, if I didn't win the golden ticket, I'll, I'd be training for an OTQ right now. Like I know that'd be just because I knew where I was moving back to. I have a training group here. It was fun the last time. Why don't we do it again? And so really like winning that ticket, then I guess I was like, okay, well, I guess like, I guess I am maybe ready to try this 100 mile thing. I wasn't sure that I was, but you know, it's kind of like, it seems like the next logical step, at least at this point. But I mean, you never know, like when I get done with that, like, I don't know what my body is just going to be in, into doing. So I guess, can you talk a little bit about, um, setting those like five and 10 year goals but also being like, well, what if my body's just like, you know what, Michelle, you should steeplechase. I think that's what we're, where we're going next. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, that's amazing. I love how winning a golden ticket and training for Western States is like kind of fallen into your lap. I mean, obviously it didn't fall into your lap. You worked super hard for that golden ticket. Um, but how, um, I think I always just assume that like anyone who gets a golden ticket has always dreamed of running Western States and running hundred miles. So that's really awesome. That, that wasn't necessarily your plan. Um, that is so cool. Uh, yeah. So do I worry about like, what if my body doesn't want to do this? I, I don't think I've actually thought of that before. Um, maybe a little naively, but I think that my body has discovered along the way that I just actually don't want to do shorter, faster races. <laughs> so um, maybe that's been helping me, but that 10 year plan and just kind of setting those goals up front um, is also very much a work in progress. Um, there are some things that I initially thought were going to be my goals. Like I think even in my short term plan that I laid out in 2018, I was like, oh, I'm going to run hundred miles this year. And that didn't happen. Just, i I wasn't ready for it. Um, it didn't fit in with my schedule. So even though it's a five, 10 year plan, it's still a work in progress. Um, and I think even for some things, it's like um, just having more experience, I start to think about what am I really going to enjoy in 10 years? And at least for the most part, what I put in there still seems to be what I might enjoy, but I, I don't think I'm opposed to revising it if uh, I get to a point where my body is just like, nah, I don't think this is what we really wanna do. Um, just for some perspective, I, I actually thought I would try to, um, be a little bit better at the shorter mountain distance. Like I went out and ran Narnar last year, not necessarily with the idea of making the team at that race, but I kind of thought like I could be a little bit more competitive and I did not like the training for that race at all. Um, it was too short and I did too many hill workouts. So I pretty much have nixed any hope of like an, a mountain style race in my future, <laughs> uh, at least competitively. So it, what it's was the training like for that? I swear I did like 500 hill workouts over the summer. <laughs> um, I was doing a hill workout every week, um, which I guess I was doing hill workouts for this race too, but for some reason they just felt different. <laughs> a little more chill <laughs> when it's longer. Yeah. And maybe it was also just last summer. Like it wasn't 
it wasn't my best summer ever. Um, I definitely got hit like a little bit with the, the COVID fatigue, um, not like literal COVID fatigue, but just two years of living through a pandemic. Um, it was a mentally a harder summer than I've had in the past. Um, and I definitely found myself in a better place over the winter to be training. Um, I was maybe like a little bit burned out and, um, also, I don't like the heat and humidity, which I probably shouldn't be saying out loud since I'm going to Thailand. <laughs> I'm gonna it's in November it. or something. It's yeah, fine. it's fine. Uh, and I just thought last year was such a hot and humid year. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know why those workouts just felt different, but it was a lot of hill, short hill repeats. Uh, I did a lot of running on my treadmill as well, the inclined treadmill, which I did for breakneck too, and <laughs> didn't hate it. So I don't know what happened last year, honestly. You know, sometimes it's just, you're, you're not thriving. I mean, it's all right. Yeah, exactly. You were putting in consistency. That's what you were doing. Not always, it's not sexy all the time. That's, that's so true. It was, and I think it was the first time that I felt a little bit of that ebb and flow. Um, I've been super lucky that pretty much since 2018, I've been like riding a running high all the time. Um, and everybody always says it's, it's not always great. Like sometimes it sucks and you go through these dips and then you come back out on top. And, um, that was the first time that I really had to deal with that and I had to deal with it. So, but I'm glad I did. And, um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I came out on, um, on the other side, a little bit better than I was before. I think that's really powerful. I bet there's people listening to this that, you know, they might be in that, in their version of the, the COVID slog or like the, especially this time of year, it's like the end of spring. It's like we're in spring, but like, it hasn't really gotten that great out yet. Like it's still kind of like every day is hit or miss. Like we had snow last week. I'm like, what's going on? So yeah, I think we're all kind of like, I think it's, there's a high percentage of people that might be in that, in that situation. And so, you know, you're, you came out of it and you know, some days it is just like, well, this workout was just kind of terrible and, um, you know, but it's consistency. So that's, that's one win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is just so huge. Even if it's not going super well, if you're just getting out the door. Yeah. So big. Um, so actually I kind of want to do go back to that 2018 because in 2017, you won escarpment. I actually remember that race because that was my first oh, like East coast <laughs> experience at escarpment. And it was awful for me. Oh my God. I was just Oh, like a little baby deer. I fell so many times and like, it was just, I ended up getting sixth, which in hindsight, that's not bad, but I was just like, this is, oh, I'm doing so bad. Like I cannot even, and I like, I think distance, I do want to try it again because I'm just a different runner. My body's a lot stronger, a lot, and just in different ways, more durable. So I think it won't be as bad. Hopefully. Like I was on the fence about doing breakneck. I considered it, but I felt it was just not a good prep for Western states. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. <laughs> so next year, you know, <laughs> you can come back and take me to school again. Um, and so was escarpment when you won that, was that kind of one of the catalysts to say like, Hmm, I could be pretty good at this stuff. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I love escarpment, which everybody who knows me knows that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that race, like 
it was just such a, I don't know, it's such a love affair that I have with it. Um, I wanted to do it. And my first year was just about finishing. And then the second year was about improving my time a little bit. And then the third year was like, whoa, wait, am I here like competing for the win at this race? That's not happening. Cause at that time winning escarpment was one of my lifelong goals. So, um, I think that year I had a couple of what I'd consider like fairly good trail races. Um, I'd also won the Finger Lakes 50K mm -hmm. um, that year. And so I think that was probably the first time where I was thinking like, wow, if I had a little bit more structure um, and a little bit more knowledge, then maybe, you know, I could accomplish goals that I haven't even dreamed of yet. Uh, so it certainly, yeah, it was certainly part of it. Um, and obviously winning escarpment was just such a dream and that I had to work hard for that race. Katie O'Regan is so tough and she was, uh, yeah, she was hitting those climbs so hard. Every time I'd get to the base of a climb, the people at the aid station would tell me how much the gap had increased by the time I'd gotten to the top. So I was kind of discouraging. I'd be like 10 seconds behind at the bottom. And then by the time I got to the top, it'd be like two minutes behind. I was like, oh my gosh, how am I losing so much time on these climbs? Um, but fortunately it's a downhill finish and that worked in my favor that year. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a little bit of the, the start of thinking about things from a more competitive aspect. Um, and I totally remember you being in that race too, um, which I, I hope you come back because I agree. I think that you will absolutely have a much better day than you, than you maybe had. I hope you had fun, even if you fell, you know, I think you said like 18 times. So I think um, I've locked that day out of my life. Like, I <laughs> Um, yeah, there are a lot of people who have like fairly traumatic escarpment experiences and I've had some of my own, like the past couple of years have not been my best years. Um, that year that I won, I think is still my fastest time on the course. Uh, so yeah, I'd like to come back and actually run faster than that one time. <laughs> well, I like your trajectory. If there, well, like just even escarpment as a, as a case study, I mean, because I feel like you and I have sort of similar, like past, like co coming up in this sport, because like when I started too, it was like about finishing and about like ho a hobby jogger. Like I did not run at, until I was 22. Like I, that's when I started. And, um, and, you know, it's just like that consistent work. And then, you know, you got a coach. I like consult with like tons of different, like the people like, and, um, and so, and just putting in the consistency and like believing that or seeing some success, that's like just a little carrot where you're like, oh, okay. You're seeing the fruits of your labor. And so why not keep going? This is fun, you know? And then, you know, you win escarpment and that is just like, well, hmm, maybe I could, you know? And I mean, for me, it was like qualifying or not like it was winning the Buffalo marathon in like a two forty seven, And I was real close to that standard. And I was like, why not try, you know, the least, the least I can do is have a fun summer training with my friends. And, you know, it's just those little carrots, those little things. It's not a huge jump. It's just like little things. And I, and I really appreciate that because I think that if I had like, uh, maybe you can tell me your thoughts, but I think that if I had had like this crazy success early or just been like, like from like a three hour marathon to like a two thirty in like one time, I'd be like, 
I don't trust that. That seems like an odd statistic. That's like an outlier <laughs> in the research that I'm like, I don't trust that. I like the little like seconds, minutes of progress that that seems more real to me. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I love your description of that, like little bits of progress over time, because I think that to people who are maybe on like the outside of it, looking in, they tend to maybe look at someone like yourself and just assume that you are always an incredible runner and that this is just like something that is either always been with you or like happened overnight. Um, but I think when you've gone through the experience of like chipping away over time and like you said, having those little carrots, you realize that like not just you, but like a lot of people in this sport have worked really hard to get where they are um, and that there are some people who are just like very naturally gifted who can do what you said like run a three-hour marathon on their first try and then run a 230 in a year and they have you know genetics that will allow them to do that they work really hard um but like most people it's a lot of hard work over a long period of time. Um, and I think the other thing that I really like about that progress that happens over long periods of time is that I hope it goes to show other people that if you put in the work um, and you really want it, you can achieve it. Like you don't have to be the best runner or even a runner to become a good successful runner. You can you know, start with one small goal, work towards that goal. Um, achieving goals is always a good motivator to keep going. Um, and then, yeah, you can find yourself in a place that you probably never even thought was possible. Um, and I have definitely seen that with a lot of people in my own running community who they're running times and distances that they, you know, no matter what the goal is that they never thought was possible because they just started from step one um, and they've been working on it a little bit over time. And I, I think this is like a, a Steve Magnus thing. I could be wrong. He's one of um, my consults. Oh, I love he, that uh, he's so, I, I love his love podcast. <laughs> um, so intelligent and so wise. And I think I've heard him say it before, like progress happens like bit by bit and then all at once. Um, and that's kind of like how I felt about some of my own running and some of the people that I know is like, you see them working really hard for years and years and they have success and they have failure. And then like one day they're just like, whoa, like that person's amazing. And they're at the top of their game. Um, how did they get there? And I think most people don't even realize that it was like years of just a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah. But also the fact that like that hard work can be channeled into so many different directions and also like so many different kinds of goals, right? Like, so I mean, take, for example, I guess like training for uh, doing Bandera, right? Like just like, I mean, yeah, my result was good, but also like, if I didn't like get that, get what what I achieved and then beyond this trajectory, like all that training could have been channeled then to a different goal or then to a different something. And so, I mean, I'm sure David, your coach like works with you on this or has like, he cause encourages this, like not tying your self-worth to the goal either. And being able to shift your goals, you know, if, if opportunities come up, like, I'm sure that if you didn't make the Thailand team, the team for Thailand, 
I mean, that doesn't mean you can't like do a different goal, like in that same time or something like that. And all those things are meaningful. Yeah. I love that aspect of running where everything, every single day is work towards some future goal, right? As long as you're still alive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, it's, uh, it's just a building block. Like you said, whether or not you have the success that you want at a certain event or not, you've, you've put in work that's going to benefit you in your next race or your next adventure. Um, and I, I see that like with a lot of friends who just recently ran Boston, um, a few of them had really good races. A few of them maybe didn't have the best day. And it's like, just trying to remind them that all of the work that they put in for this year's Boston, that's going to help them over the summer when they're running a 5k or a 10k. It's not, it's not wasted effort. Um, mm-hmm. it'll still be there. Yeah. And both failures and success, like they're going to like, everything influences something. So it's like, you don't like maybe this failure today will like, it's going to inform you for something else to make the next phase easier. This success is, will do the same thing. So, you know, even though in the moment it's like, it's, it's hard to like lick your wounds with that. But, and another thing that Steve says is like, after a victory or a defeat, 24 hours, you get 24 hours to be happy, 24 hours to be pissed and then get back to work. And that doesn't mean like, okay, uh, Michelle, 24 hours after breakneck time to go for a run. It's like, it's more like the emotional, like give yourself 24 hours to be like excited, like very excited about it. And I mean, keep enjoying your spoils. I hope you keep being excited or not like just keep enjoying what you just did, you know, but it's like, you know, it come, it start putting it into context and, you know, looking towards what's, what's next. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I've heard the 24 hour rule from him as well. And I think that rule has really, it's helped me with running, but also a lot of other things in life. Like, oh, I bombed a work presentation. Well, 24 hours to soak up the emotions and then it's time to move on. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I'm going to try, try to, to revel in, uh, this past weekend. I think maybe I did it for a little bit more than 24 hours. Oh, keep like, keep going. I think we, I think we know what we mean when we say that. Um, mostly because I was just pretty tired the next day. I couldn't do anything. I was too. And I did nothing. No. Okay. Spectating, doing things like that, filming that, that is a long day. It's it's very, it's like emotionally exhausting, but like I did nothing. I just like stood around and just like talked to a camera. <laughs> it was great. It was so fun to have you there. Um, you and then like Remy and Steve out there filming. That was so much fun. Yeah, it just gave the event uh, such a fun vibe. Yeah, and hopefully next year, you know, I hope it it I hope it's the championship again next year. Like I I just you know we got keep repping the East Coast, and you know you're you're doing wonderful things in that regard. Thanks. Yeah. I hope it is next year as well. And that you will run it. Like you said, you might. (laughs) Hey, I mean, I like, I honestly, I would sign up tomorrow, but I just, you know, I don't think registration is open yet. Thankfully I know the race director. So like, (laughs) I'm sure you'll get a spot no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll have to see. 
So, um, I want to talk about some FKT. So in, uh, you're really no stranger to conquering this, like up this very technical terrain, uh, which, uh, breakneck was extremely technical, probably the hardest marathon in the U S uh, or in the top five, at least, but in the summer of 2020, you actually spent that summer training to run the devil's path in the Catskills, which is a very gnarly 24 mile route in like the toughest train in our region. Um, and you made the attempt in the fall, which you actually wrote about in your website. And I read it. It was great. I just was like, <laughs> that's like an hour of my life. I don't want back. Um, and so for those who don't know, what is the devil's path? Yeah. So the devil's path is about a 24 mile trail. That's in the heart of the Catskills, a point to point, um, it goes over five of the Catskill high peaks, which are peaks over 3,500 feet. Um, and so those peaks are uh, Indian Head, Twin, Sugarloaf, Plateau, and Westkill. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a while since I did it, so I okay. <laughs> had to check my notes. Um, and it has pretty similar to breakneck in um, terms of elevation gain. It's about 9,000 feet. Um, plus or minus, depending on which website you read, I guess. <laughs> and it is, yeah, it's really brutal, um, constant up and down. Uh, the downhills are particularly egregious and just like, I, I don't even know how you can run them. I don't know how I ran it, <laughs> to be honest. The, the scrambling is, um, it's very technical um, and the, the climbs are really steep. So there's really steep uphills and there's really steep downhills. And then there's like this random section of two flat miles on top of plateau. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> yeah. That's where I would set the FKT. Yes. <laughs> <You're sure. laughs> um, so when I was reading it, it was actually really interesting. And I kind of want to talk about this a little bit. It's, it might be hard to explain, so we can do our best because, um, so you sort of continually adjusted your goal throughout the summer from like 645 to 615 to six minutes. And then, you know, you were kind of like, I might be able to do 545. And so, um, I also kind of am very, I, uh, try to be very in tune with my body. Like I'm very good at it by now. Um, and I also have sort of had experiences where I am just like, a, it seems like I'm a casual observer, like watching myself get fit and, um, it's like kind of trippy. And so I want to know like your experience of adjusting those goals and how did you know that your fitness was going to get you to like the ultimately finishing in 529, which is insane. Thanks. Uh, yeah, that's a great question. And, um, I guess to go all the way back, um, doing the devil's path FKT was also one of my like long-term goals. So, when the pandemic happened and races were canceled, postponed, uh, I was kind of searching for a project for the summer and I landed on the devil's path. I just thought, you know what? I was supposed to do the superior 50 miler up in Northern Minnesota. Uh, the devil's path is obviously a lot shorter than that, but it's still going to take quite a while. <laughs> um, and I had started going down to the Catskills pretty early that spring. Um, there was, I was just thinking about this today, the like 
random rule where you could only go within one hour of your house. Do you remember that? I do. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I almost forgot about it, Yeah. Uh, but the Catskills like Wyndham high peak is just about an hour from where I live. So I was going to the Catskills wherever I could, that was an hour away. <laughs> um, and so I so, sort of just like, was like, you know, I'm going to stick with the Catskills. I'm going to, I'm just going to give it a shot. Um, I had run the devil's path a couple of times just as training runs. Um, that's actually where I met Elizabeth for the first time ever was on the climb up West Kill. She was like, oh, I usually see bears here. And I was like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm terrified of bears. <laughs> so that was super fun. Um, and I'd seen the FKT time for women and thought, I could definitely take that down. Of course, I wanted to take it down to a time that maybe no one else would get immediately anyways, um, or, you know, make it just a little bit more competitive. And so I think my initial goal was just based on my experiences of what I'd run on it in the past. Um, one of those runs that I, I think I'd done it twice completely prior to 2020, um, one of those runs went really well. One of them went really poorly. So kind of landed somewhere in the middle, I think, of what I estimated my time uh, could be. And then, yeah, just through the summer, I went down and this is um, this process of uh, targeting FKTs, I think, really stuck with me even for breakneck and some of the other races I've been done since then, which is I started to go through just um, just the course on its own, like working through different sections. Um, so over the summer, I would go down and I do like I think my first run down there, I did the first eight miles out and back, which was insane because the first eight miles are not very runnable. It took me forever. Um, and I I then added in another section um, so that I do like the middle section and then the final section um, and just went through this process of like learning the course on and really just getting to know the terrain and what I was in for. And I just fell in love with that process. And I think through that process is where, like you said, I experienced this um, sensation of like knowing that I was getting fitter, knowing that I was getting more comfortable on the terrain itself. And kind of with that, I was able to like little by little adjust my time goals. Um, so it was kind of like, oh, actually, you know what? I think this section is a little bit more runnable than I originally thought. And um, so by the time I was two weeks out from the FKT, I forget what time I had estimated I could do. I think maybe I was around like 6.15 or six hours. And I was, I was feeling really good about that. I was like six hours on the devil's path. Like, heck yeah, that's gonna be an awesome time. Um, I don't, you know, I'm trying to think of other women in the area. There's a, you know, a lot of really great technical trail runners in the Northeast um, and, obviously any of them could have shown up on any day and run it. Um, but I wasn't really thinking anyone was targeting it. And then, um, I did a couple of other training runs, not in the Catskills, one of which was the Prezi Traverse up in New Hampshire, which was my first time on the Prezi Traverse. And I walked away from that feeling pretty good. Like I had an easy day out there. Like the climbs came pretty good. Um, and on our ride home, I was telling my husband, like, I think I'm ready. Like, this is going to be a good day. I feel really fit. And 
as we're in the car driving back, my phone just like explodes with Strava notifications. Like someone stole all of your crowns on the devil's math. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> um, I mean, I was totally shocked. Um, and it turned out that Charlotte Winkler, who is now a good friend and training partner. Um, she went for the devil's path and just absolutely destroyed the existing FKT time. She ran a 5.34, her first time ever on the trail. She was like totally new to trail running. And I was just so blown away. I was like, who is this Charlotte person? I've never heard of her before. Um, and so at that moment, I was like, shoot, I don't, think I can run a sub 530 on this trail. That's insane. It's 30, 45 minutes faster than I even thought was possible. Um, but it was two weeks from the day that I was planning to do the attempt. So at that point, there's nothing you can really do to build your fitness. <laughs> um, so it really just became a mental game after that. Um, I, I feel like I had an idea of where I was physically, and then I just worked on convincing myself mentally that I was actually more fit than I thought I was. Um, and I just, you know, I was banking on having a perfect day. Uh, and I, I feel like I did. Um, I, I studied Charlotte's times for sure. I knew exactly what time she hit a lot of the landmarks and throughout my day, I was keeping track. Like if you read my FKT report, I have the to the minute, um, I think like halfway through it was tied, you know, it was exactly where she was. Um, and I think the only thing that probably worked in my favor, which is that when she did her attempt, aside from the fact that she had never seen the trail before, which is just so impressive, is that she took a pretty bad fall on one of the steep descents about halfway. Um, so I'm convinced that that's the only thing that slowed her down um, because otherwise she was, she's such a good technical runner downhill and her uphills are so strong. Um, it wasn't really until the last four miles that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna break 530 and this is gonna happen. Um, so yeah, it was, it was mostly mental at, at the end of the day. Uh, and yeah, I had the perfect day. So if there was ever a day to judge my fitness, it was definitely the day that I did that FKT. My footwork on whatever the ground ends up being. Mm -hmm. um, so if it ends up being really technical, I think I'll feel really comfortable. And hopefully if it's a little bit flatter and smoother and more runnable, I'll have built enough speed that I also feel comfortable. Um, Cause I think that for me, um, breakneck was the perfect course to try and qualify for a US team because the rocks and the roots are total equalizers. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I know I'm not the fastest person ever. <laughs> um, so, and I'm not even close. <laughs> so um, a, a faster, smoother course is definitely a little bit more intimidating to me. Um, and I'm always trying to work on my speed. Mm -hmm. I need some of that OTQ speed in me. <laughs> Um, uh, well, you know, it's kind of like you can focus on vert and you can focus on like specific little things like sauna training or like, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, like you are super fit and, you know, and so fit, it's like fitness is going to be first. And so like, I mean, 
like if I was looking at your training, I'm like, well, she is just, she knows how to pick up her feet and like, she knows how to run over that kind of stuff. So it's like, I mean, yeah, like you said, like trust that and just like ride it out. You know, it's like the little, like the little building blocks that you've been building, doing all the escarpments and the, all the stuff. It's like, that's going to still be there. Uh, even if you haven't seen the terrain yet. So I think it's going to be great. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch. Awesome. Yeah. I, I hope that they have some kind of, I don't know, video streaming. So people back home will be able to see, if not, my husband is a great support crew and he tends to make some really epic videos. Uh, so. Or the trails collective hits big and Ian's like, Ellie, we got enough money to send you go film okay. Michelle in Thailand. <laughs> so like, yes. awesome. My life is complete. <laughs> That'd be great. Or you could qualify for one of the other teams. Yeah, we'll see, you know, we'll see, you know, <laughs> can't do everything. I mean, geez, like, true, it's true. there's so it's many, like, and that's a beautiful okay. thing is like, there's so many different fun things. You know, when you were talking about goals, I was kind of thinking in like the back of my mind about Courtney DeWalter, because like, it doesn't seem like she has goals. Like she maybe does, but like, they're kind of like, ah, that'd be cool. Like, that'd be cool. And I, I love that too. Like you can just sort of like, maybe she does. And maybe they're like written down on her vision board, but like, you know, when I see the way, like see the way she personifies herself uh, across the social medias, it just seems like, yeah, she has like a loose plan, but also just like willing to do a lot of things and at least like in her genre, like obviously the farther stuff, like she's not going to probably not going to go for like the five mile mountain running championship, you know? But, um, I think like, yeah, like the loose, loose goals, there's, there's always something out there that whatever your body wants you to do, there's always something to chase. Absolutely. Yeah. Courtney is such an inspiration for so many things. Her vibe, uh, just, I've never met her in person. Um, it's my, uh, one thing that I can't let go of is that she's supposed to be running the superior 50 miler. And that's the only race that's maybe a little like, maybe I shouldn't do it because I'm going to Thailand, but I, I really want to go and meet Courtney and run in the same race as her. <laughs> um, cause she just seems so chill and, um, she seems like she loves the sport and mm -hmm. that is, um, even Max talking about the fact that he just loves doing this as mm -hmm. a part of his longevity, uh, that really resonates with me. And so, yeah, I love seeing people like her and, and Max in the sport who are just really passionate about it and they love it. And they always look like they're having so much fun doing it. Mm -hmm. I want to channel that energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's funny that like, I, I don't even remember, like one day it dawned on me, like after, I think it was like in the summer training for the OTQ. I was like, damn, running is fun. And I love this. And ever since then, it's just been like, this is great. Oh, <laughs> like, this so is awesome. so fun. Even the shitty days. That's amazing. Yeah. It's such a good feeling. Cause it's like, we've all been injured or on the bench and like, whenever I am, like it sucks, obviously like, but it also like, I write a lot in my running journal and stuff. Just like, remember this, like, remember how much you love would rather be outside than on this elliptical right now, but it's going to be okay. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It provides such great perspective. So, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, so Dick Vincent is the RD of escarpment and like, I kind of, I know it's weird, but like, I kind of picture you two together a lot. Like I thought he was your coach. Like, I mean, and so he seems to have like, he's just, he loves that race too. And it just seems to be a very deeply like 
just passionate community. And so, um, he really seems to have like sort of cultivated like a confidence and a belief in you. And can you explain like your relationship with him and the influence he's had over you? Yeah. Uh, Dick is obviously such a good friend of both myself and my husband. Um, my husband knew him first, so he gets that, that credit. I won't tell the story of how him and Dick met because it's really embarrassing for me. Okay. <laughs> but it's also a really, really funny story. Um, so, and it involves escarpment. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dick, uh, has been a mentor and a friend for so many years. Um, I think I've known him for like eight years at this point. And I just remember when I first started going to the Albany Running Exchange track workouts, um, he's, he designs the workouts and he's always there. Um, he's been doing them for, I don't know how many years in a row, like 15 years in a row or something like that. And he was just always so supportive and so helpful. Um, he provided me with a lot of training advice um, prior you know, prior to 2018. And of course, after I talk about training with him very regularly. Um, and he was also the first person that I ever knew who had run a hundred miles. And when I heard like, oh, you can run a hundred miles. That's so cool. I want to do that. Um, so I think in some ways, like I just aspire to be like Dick. Um, he is such an accomplished runner himself. Um, and really like one of the originals and has done so much for the running community um, here in Albany where I am, but also in his own area in the Catskills um, with the escarpment race, he does trail work. He's constantly taking runners like to and from destinations and letting them sleep at his house. Like he's just so supportive of the community. Um, yeah, and I don't know how many times he's like dropped me off at Wyndham and picked me up at the end of escarpment or let me park at his house. Um, yeah, you couldn't ask for a better person to like look up to, to get advice from, um, and to really just like have to show you the ropes of like what it means to be in the trail community. I think he really embodies that spirit. Um, and everyone who knows Dick loves Dick because he's just a good person. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So of course we have, you know, just a great relationship. I love seeing him on Tuesdays um, up here in Albany and any other time that we can get down and see him in the Catskills is awesome. Um, he was also the officiant at mine and my husband's wedding. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and he delivered like the most epic and perfect ceremony. Um, so that was super special. Um, we've had a lot of special moments with Dick. And um, I think the, the one thing that I want to accomplish, you know, for myself, it's on my, my long-term goals, um, but also a little bit for Dick too, is to make it to Western States um, because he's run that several times himself. And I, I want him to be there and, and, you know, be my crew chief. <laughs> so yeah. I've got to do that um, in the coming years. Um, but yeah, he's, he's super special to, to everyone who knows him. Um, so I don't want to claim that, you know, he's more special to me than anybody else, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, we're just, we're lucky to have someone like him in in the Northeast running community for sure. Yeah. The way I think you describe that is kind of how like my relationship with Ian is. Um, and like, yeah, like, after like half an hour after crossing the finish line in Bandera, I was like, Ian, yeah. <laughs> we're coming to Western States. Like <laughs> it was just, it's like, I mean, 
qualifying is cool. But then when you get to tell people that like, we're going to Western States and they like, it dawns on them and you're like, I get to share this with all these people. Oh, I have no doubt. Like you'll, you'll, you could get there. And you know, it's just, it's like, it's like the mountain running team. It's only a matter of time. And like, how old are you? I just turned 33. So. Okay. So we're like early thirties. Like we got our prime coming. Like Camille just keeps extending our athletic age. I'm like, yes, girl, yes. keep going. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. So what's coming up next in the short term for you? Yeah. So I've been enjoying a very down week. <laughs> um, and I think in terms of racing or kind of adventures that are coming up, um, I'm hoping that escarpment happens this year. <laughs> like I said last night on the Trails Collective Live, like anyone who is listening that knows me knows that that's not a surprise. I'll be training for that um, this year. Uh, hopefully it'll be in person. I'm really looking forward to towing the line and racing against other people. Um, and like I said, that relation is such a love affair with that mm-hmm. race. <laughs> so, so I'll be training for that over the summer. Um, I've been thinking about the great range traverse a bit, trying to, um, go after the FKT there last year, uh, Lindsay Webster currently has the FKT and last year she was trying to encourage women to go out and run faster than she did, which I think is so awesome. She was, you know, trying to lift the community up and, um, thinks that the time can be a bit faster. And I think that might be fairly good training for Thailand. Well, we'll see. Um, So not, it'll be fun anyway. Like it's all training. It's all training and it would be a lot of fun. I haven't spent too much time in the Adirondacks, but I'd love to spend more time up there. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, kind of it. And then I have to make that decision about superior 50. Uh, my entry is from 2020. The race didn't happen that year. And then it did end up happening last year, but they still allowed deferrals because they didn't find out the race was happening until, I don't know, it was like three weeks before the race. And I obviously hadn't trained for a 50 miler. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really want to get back up there. I've run the 50 K at that, uh, they have a 50 K in the spring. And then, um, in the fall in conjunction with the 50 miler, they have a hundred miler and I've, uh, paced a friend at the hundred miler. So, uh, I have a pretty deep connection to the Minnesota running community, um, having lived out there for a couple of years and, uh, the Northern Minnesota is just absolutely beautiful. Um, so it's going to be really tough if I have to not do that race, but also I'm going to Thailand. So yeah. 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 So I really don't have that much planned in terms of racing over the summer, but, um, I, I really love training, honestly. Yeah. Um, Me too. Like this is the fun part. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so thank you for spending so much time with us today. This was great. Like I I'm very fired up about this conversation. It's gonna, it's gonna, I think I'm going to bump my next podcast just so I can put this one out first. Um, but at the end of the show, I like to play a little game. It's called ideal aid station. Oh, okay. So you're coming into like, you know, mile 45 at, or, you know, at superior or like mile, whatever at, a, a, and it just, this aid station has everything you need just to like, get you to the finish line. Okay. okay. So what sweet snack is waiting there for you? Oh, sweet snack. I'm probably like a really fudgy brownie. Okay. Yeah. During a race. Okay. Gluten-free fudgy brown. <laughs> they are good. Like almond yeah. flour. It's great. Yeah. 
Um, what salty snack? Tacos. <laughs> like, like a chicken, like a really salty chicken taco. You're ready for a hundred milers. You're like into this real food stuff. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I love food. <laughs> and oh, I really love tacos. <laughs> so. Did you get some of the tacos at the, after the race? Yes. Uh, Aren't they so good? Oh. Yeah. So actually this is kind of a cool, um, story, I guess. Of, it's not really a story, but um, mm -hmm. bit from the post-race food is that the um, two people who uh, fit now farms, uh, I actually went to college with the woman. Um, so Sorry. yeah, we like randomly saw each other at Finger Lakes 50s a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were like, hey, like you look really familiar. And was kind of, we made the connection. Oh yeah, we went to the same school. So now I see her, well, it's been twice a year at Breakneck and at Finger Lakes 50s every mm -hmm. year. So yeah, she does all the Ian's races and it's so good. Yeah, I see them and I'm like, oh, this is so comforting. Yes, the, the food is amazing. <laughs> all right, so what um, hot food? Ooh, like a, a broth, like, okay. some, like a bone broth mm -hmm. or a salty, like, um, soy broth or something. Like yeah. That. So good. A uh, sports drink. I've really been digging element and liquid IV lately. So okay. Those two. How about non-sports drink? Kombucha hands down. I love kombucha. <laughs> I, I haven't kombucha. had some in so long. Oh man. I need to get some, uh, piece of gear. Hmm. Um, well, I'm going to hope it's my handheld, which means I can take my hydration pack off. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's the feeling in the world. That is so good. It's like, ah, I can run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good. Um, and then last question, celebrity to meet you at the aid station. So it doesn't have to be a runner. It doesn't have to be, they don't have to be alive, but it can't be like your husband or your mom, uh, like a, a legitimate celebrity. A legitimate celebrity. They don't have to be a runner. They can be. Um, Goodness. Um, I think I totally fangirled when Tim Tolfson was at an aid station. <laughs> okay. Isn't he like the most attractive person? <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, how are you a trail runner? <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm not picking him, but, uh, that would be, that would be pretty cool. Oh goodness. A celebrity. This is, I'm like so embarrassed. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, I, Tim Tolfson works. <laughs> you know what? I would be like super elated if I saw Claire Gallagher if she was handing me something, I think she's so awesome. And I can just like feel her energy already. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm dubbing her a celebrity and oh, she uh, is. Yeah. Pioneer. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that's my uh, well, good answers. You, you win, you win the game. Ideal aid station. Congratulations. <laughs> I hope everybody wins that game. <laughs> some people don't. They're like, Oh, I had someone that was like, I don't really eat salty food or hot food. And I was like, Michael, you fail. Like, oh my <laughs> God. Like it was such a good interview, but I was like, you just failed the game. I don't know. Oh, well. You know? <laughs> um, so before we sign off, give us, give a place where people can find you if they don't already, which they, they should, because, you know, like, I think I tweet about you or say something about you every day. Um, <laughs> uh, where can they find you online? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, um, uh, mountain runner, Michelle. Um, I, am 
not super active on Instagram, but I'll try to be, especially in my lead up. I think it might be cool for people to see that that's like, um, I'm on Strava. That's probably where I'm at my best social, <laughs> socially, um, just Michelle Merlis. Um, and then I, I have a website, but that's not really that fun to follow. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I read that. I'm a huge like reader. Like I have a blog. I still love the written words. So like, I know there are some of us out there still holding out. So <laughs> go to there and read that stuff. Yeah. I'll have to put up a, a breakneck recap um, once I get around to it. And so. if you do actually, you can even, um, so you can send it to me at Terrell's collective and we can also post it as well. That's, that's um, pretty fun. Sounds awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me, Michelle. Uh, have a wonderful, keep resting, have a wonderful, like couple of weeks or whatever off recovery. And uh, I can't wait to see you back out there crushing. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me on Ellie. It was super fun to see you at the race on Saturday. Um, and I love just following your own running journey. So keep inspiring the rest of us, please. And I am going to be cheering so hard for you at Western States. I mean, if I show up on the course, like it's just because I'm, Hey, bring your shoes. I might need a pacer. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not very good in the heat. So you might not want that. (laughs) All right. Well, take care, Michelle. Have a good night. You Bye. She just fills me up. I I just am still stoked on everything that we talked about. If you want to follow Michelle, she's at Mountain Runner Michelle on Instagram. She also posts on Strava and writes a little bit more about her training over there. You can follow me at Gazelli on Instagram and Twitter, and you can follow the Trails Collective on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I want to thank our new Patreon members, um, for Valerie and Aaron for uh, stepping up and giving us some more money after they, uh, money and support after the coverage at Breakneck. Uh, Thank you so much to everybody. I hope you enjoyed the coverage and uh, we plan to keep keep pumping it out. So thank you to everybody for your kind words, your support, and uh, we're just gonna keep doing our best. Um, All right, that's it for me today, guys. So I will see you out there.